Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now let's dive into today's topic. Do you have plans August 25th and 26th? Add Leading Reliability Conference to your calendar. Join Iridicio, RDI Technologies, Fluke Reliability, and UE Systems for a live and in-person conference in Clearwater, Florida. Hear from the top industry leaders on industry hot topics. Each company will also be hosting pre- and post-event workshops. Don't miss out on the event of the year. To learn more about the Leading Reliability Conference and to register for the event, visit www.leadingreliability.com or check them out on LinkedIn. It is my pleasure to welcome back Jeff O'Brien to the podcast. Welcome back, Jeff. Hey, thanks, James. Thanks for having me. So, Jeff, you are co-founder at Zoidi, which is a new cloud-based CMMS. And if it's not cloud-based, correct me. Um, but prior to that, you have worked extensively in CMMS, uh, SaaS services, all those different things. Although super brief, what can you tell us about yourself and Zoidi? Yeah, so Zoidi is a cloud-based CMMS application. So yeah, I I, I, um, I studied engineering and business in, in college. I worked for a semiconductor manufacturer for about 10 years. So I was very much hands-on in the field working with CMMS applications. I, I used a whole bunch of CMMS applications in my time. And then around 2010, I switched from hardware to software, and in, in particular, implementing and supporting software. And last year, then I started working on my own CMMS and, and it went live in February this year. It's called Zoidy, as you said, it's cloud-based, accessed over the internet, and the response has been great so far. All right, excellent. Now, what prompted you to start your own CMMS? Uh, it's, uh, it's something I've always wanted to do. You know, I just, uh, I'd love to see what I could do myself. Um, you know, what, what would, uh, what would I build for the customer? So I just felt that, um, you know, with COVID hitting last year and I was in the consulting game and obviously things started to slow up around, um, you know, April, May last year. So I decided to start looking into it. You know, what would it take to build an application? And there's lots of, you know, cool tools out there now to help you build um, software very, very quickly. So I gave it a go, and here we are. About nine months later, uh, you know, I have a have an application. All right, excellent. Now, what we want to talk about is why organizations would want to move to a CMMS from a paper-based system, why they would want to move to a cloud-based system, those types of things. So for clients that are still using paper-based systems that are looking for a good, good CMMS to get started with, why would they want to make that transition? Yeah, so here's an interesting statistic for you. So only about 20% of the organizations um, that should have a CMMS actually have a CMMS. So that means about 80% of the organizations out there are still using other systems like pen, paper, Excel, whiteboards, post-it notes, WhatsApp, you name it. Um, so, you know, wh why would they want to move uh, to CMMS? Well, first is they need a single source of information. So they kind of keep on relying on these multiple systems like the text messages and post-it notes and paper slips, et cetera. It's virtually impossible to track and manage your maintenance if you do it that way. So they want something that is a single source of information, a database of record. 
they also want something that facilitates knowledge transfer within the organization. It's very easy to do so when you have that single application. Secondly, they want to rely less on memory. They want to be able to search the system for previous issues, see when it was done last, see who did it, see what vendor was called in, what parts were used, et cetera. Um, they also... Um, they also want to rely less on those individuals that have a lot of that information because they could walk out the door at any stage. So with the CMMS, you're protecting the organization against that risk. Thirdly, uh, to stop issues falling through the cracks and turning into more serious issues. You know, with the CMMS, once a work request is logged in the CMMS, it's then visible in the CMMS until it's addressed. So next, Auditing is a nightmare. They get the customers or the regulators on site and they're scrambling to find the records to satisfy their queries. I was talking to a fracking company that is actually piloting Zoidy and they got pulled up by a customer to verify that some sensor calibration was completed on their system and they couldn't show anything to prove that, that the work was done. So they lost all credibility with the client. So they're actually you know, really excited about moving to a, to a CMMS. And finally, to get those KPIs and reports you cannot improve what you cannot measure. So it's, it's difficult to measure maintenance and hold the team accountable if you don't have a system. I was talking to a CEO there of a, of a startup lab last week, and he said his maintenance is, is like a black hole in his organization. He has no idea if the job has been done, if the job has been done correctly. Now, could that HVAC pump be uh, replacement? But it, sorry, could that HVAC pump replacement could have been could it have been avoided altogether? And is he getting value for money? So. Yeah, sorry, that's it. All right. Yeah, no, so those are all good reasons. I remember, you know, whether it's auditing with, you know, the Ministry of Labor during an incident or various quality concerns, paper-based system usually doesn't cut the cheese when it comes to that stuff. You need to have it documented, proven when it was done, all those different things, um, almost in an audit-ready audit format. Um, that alone is worth its weight in gold um, from a risk perspective and a compliance perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So- how do organizations decide to make that transition? Is it just one day they wake up and say, okay, we're going to a CMMS? Is there some forethought that goes on there? How do they make that transition? Yeah, so I'd love to say, you know, from, from my experience, I'd love to say it's, you know, eventually they realize the system is needed, but, but that rarely happens. Unfortunately, for most organizations transitioning off pen and paper, there's usually a trigger event of some kind. Something big happens in the organization that warrants the change. So it could be some, you know, a new senior hire that comes into the organization and they, they're used to looking at data in a, CM, uh, in a CMMS and, you know, they see the value in a CMMS and they want the CMMS put in place quickly. Um, but it's most likely a failed audit, a safety incident or worse, an accident. That's usually the trigger event. And, uh, you know, then a CMMS is, is, is required. So my recommendation for those organizations still on pay, pen and, sorry, so my recommendation for those organizations still on pay, pen and paper is don't wait for that trigger event. Get ahead of it and save face. I agree. The more proactive we can be, you know, it's going to allow for a lot of different things. One might be we have plan time to actually properly plan out this transition, build our asset hierarchy correctly, as opposed to just throwing a bunch of assets in there, do all those different things. So I agree, you know, start sooner rather than later. Don't wait for that trigger event. Yeah, exactly. Now, are there any key factors that organizations should consider before deciding on that transition? Like, are there certain things they got to look at from a CMMS perspective? Are there certain business things they got to look at? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the first thing um, they got to consider is, do they have the resources to do this? You know, do they have the, the people and the horsepower to do this? Um, you should allocate 
dedicated time and resources to get the CMMS up and running. Uh, you can always use the vendor's resources to help and guide through the implementation, but you know your plant and your equipment better than they do. So ideally, assign a super user to own the project and free up their time to dedicate themselves to the project as much, much as they can. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it many times where they ask an existing resource who's got, you know, their job, their, their own job to do, to take on the, the CMMS implementation project. And if you ask them to, to, to do two jobs, it'll fail. So, you know, free up that resource, free up that super, super user um, to, to get the, uh, the project implemented. All right. Next, next is, um, do we have a detailed implementation plan? You know, whether you're doing the implementation in-house or with the help of the vendor, you kind of kick off an implementation with the plan. You know, the old saying, fail to plan, plan to fail. It's not that complicated. You know, it's, it's a very simple process, you know, discovery, configuration, training, go live, and then post go live support and review. And usually the CMMS vendor can help you with that. The next step is, do we have the data? And if not, can we get the data? So CMMS applications by, by the very nature, the more data configuration than system configuration, uh, you need to have your list of assets, your checklists, uh, your PMs, your intervals, all that sort of stuff ready to go. I've seen it a few times where, you know, the the folks sign up for for CMMS and uh, they got none of that data. So you need to have that in place. And then finally, you need to get commitment from staff. Now this is critical if you want to get buy-in from the team. Uh, the CMMS project is bound to fail if you don't. They simply won't use the system. So getting commitment is critical. This podcast is brought to you by Iridicio. Be sure to check out Iridicio's IBL Blended Learning for Maintenance and Reliability Professionals. This SMRP accredited project-based curriculum will take you through all aspects of a maintenance and reliability program and provides you with all the tools you need to generate a 30 times return on investment for your organization and a set of credentials from the University of Tennessee for you. You can find out more at ibltraining.com. Yeah, uh, getting that alignment, that commitment, absolutely vital. We can do the best planning, but if we don't have buy-in and it doesn't get used, it's not worth the uh, time and effort, right? Yep. So what are some of the common mistakes you see during that transition? Um, obviously, getting stakeholder alignment, getting user alignment and agreement. What else have you seen? Yeah, so that, that is key. That first one is is key. You have to get the team aligned. You have to get buy-in. If you do not get buy-in, uh, they will not adopt the system, engage in the system. So you have to include them in the decision, right? They need to be involved in this in the decision, and then they're more likely to, to buy into it. Another common mistake is to choose an overly complicated uh, solution. Uh, the project team do their research, and they read about all this great functionality and you know nested PMs and master meter readings and integrations with their ERP systems, integrations with their SCADA systems. It's, it's absolutely nuts. And you have to remember that these people are coming from pen and paper. So it's like jumping into the cockpit of a 747 and trying to pl- uh, fly a plane for the first time. You know, it's, it's just too much. Finally, um, the organization underestimates the training requirements. So training is the most important investment when implementing new software in an organization. So don't skimp on it. Same is true for CMMS. Remember, they're coming from no system. Um, I remember one client years back said to me, an hour of uh, CMMS training should be enough for the team. Just show them how to do work orders. That's all I can give you. That should work. And you can guess what happened there. It absolutely bombed. So young people are more tech savvy and more comfortable with technology than older folks. So training should reflect those uh, differences. You may get away with an online class for some of the younger folks, more tech savvy folks, um, but other folks might need some dedicated one-on-one coaching on the new system. So you'll have to work with the vendor to tailor the training to you your specific needs 
to ensure everybody's up to speed. All right. Excellent. Now, how much effort should be put into that um, upfront setup? You know, the training, cleaning the data, getting the things in the system. Is that a quick and easy thing or do we got to put a lot of focus there? Yeah. So for me, like the big bang approach uh, rarely works. Like, you know, that, that means getting everything perfectly configured, every piece of data in the system, potentially getting the system integrated, all the folks trained all out of the gate and you just go live in one day. Like that, that for me uh, has very rarely worked. My recommendation would be start small and build from there, get the critical manufacturing assets into the system, configure the PMs for those assets, get the team processing work orders and PMs for those assets. And then once you got that working um, and successful, then you can start implementing other uh, you know, other assets like non-manufacturing assets or other functionality within the system. All right. Excellent. Now, how do we get staff to make that switch? You know, we mentioned getting agreement and alignment on using the CMOS. How do we get staff to actually want to do this? Yeah. So, so nobody likes to be told from now on, we're doing it this way because they have their own ideas of what's right and what's wrong. So if possible, this is, this is a really clever leader will do this. Help them come to the conclusion themselves that a solution is needed. Ask the questions like, you know, how can we do this better? How can we ensure we don't miss PMs again? How can we check parts and stock without having to go to the stock room? And eventually they'll figure it out themselves that, uh, that a CMMS is needed. Now, if that doesn't work, um, then you have to go uh, the other route. You have to explain the why. Why do we need this system? This is the why we need a proper system in place to track our maintenance. You know, we cannot miss our PMs. You know, maintenance is a black hole right now to, to the leadership team. Uh, we blow our maintenance budget every year, whatever, whatever it is. We skip our workers, whatever the reason is. Uh, secondly, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you need to get them involved in the process. And you can actually go all the way back, get them involved in the evaluation phase. Have them sit in on demos and trial new systems. They're more likely to adopt a system they had a hand in selecting. And thirdly, focus on getting those early adopters on board quickly so they can have influence and help the other end users. You know, the less interested folks will observe the CMMS champions getting value from the system and soon copy their behavior. And most early adopters will actually end up giving their co-workers on the job training and coaching on the CMMS. It's great. Um, next, as soon as you can, make it part of the daily routine. You know, pull yesterday's work orders report into the daily meeting. That way we have to start processing work orders in the system, have to start using the system. And there was a facility I implemented years ago and, and straight out of the gate, the, you know, the maintenance supervisor, he used to get work requests from every method under the sun, you know, text messages, post-it notes, the hooter, the radio, uh, notes on his desk, like you name it. And, uh, you know, once the system went live, he refused any work request from the factory floor unless it was accompanied by a guest request ticket into the CMMS. And his line was, the issue doesn't exist until it's logged into the CMMS. And, you know, very, very quickly, everybody in the facility, from the operators to the office administrators, were using the system to log requests, ensuring nothing fell through the cracks. It was a, it was a great way to institutionalize the usage of the system in the organization. And finally, you know, set a good example. You know, employees mirror the behavior of their managers and supervisors. So if you're taking long breaks, you know, they'll take long breaks. So you cannot expect the maintenance team to use the CMMS if the managers and leaders don't use it. They never log in. So leaders must engage with the CMMS. They must talk CMMS at daily meetings. They must celebrate wins, you know. And they must uh, be excited about the system and model the behavior they expect from their team. 
Yeah, those are all great points. I remember working with one facility where, you know, they're having problems with people putting in work requests into the CMMS and the uh, operations director for the entire site pretty quickly came to say that if there's not a request, I have given instructions to maintenance not to do that work or respond to that call. It was amazing. Within a week, everyone was using the CMMS to get their stuff in. Now, once we have the staff using the CMMS, how do we expand the use of that CMS, whether it's different features, different areas of the plant, maybe getting into different analytics stuff? How do we, how do we expand it? Yeah, I mean, you know, other groups can definitely use a, a CMMS, you know, like the, the safety team, for example, could use it to track their audits their steps as they step through the facility and, you know, check the exit doors and the barriers and that sort of stuff. But one thing to remember is success breeds success. Once you're successfully using the system in one area, you're simply repeating the process in the other area. And I've seen it so many times where, you know, the maintenance team get excited about the system and they tell the safety team and they actually come looking to use the system. And it's, it's simple. It's, it's a simple, you know, kind of rinse and repeat uh, process. In terms of functionality, it's it's just like a mini implementation project, you know, and probably the best advice there would be to get the CMMS vendor involved and ask them, like, you know, how's the best way to get, you know, get us using parts or, or getting us integrated to our, to our ERP system. And um, they'll probably be the best way to bring in that extra functionality uh, successfully. All right. Excellent. Now, you know, you've gone through this at least once or twice with uh, lots of organizations. Now, what would you, what words of wisdom or what would you tell those who are trying to make that switch? Because we're talking a lot about making that switch, but when you're in there trying to drive that change, you know, sometimes there's not that light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you don't see how, how to get people engaged. What would you tell them who are struggling with that, with those issues? Yeah. So my advice would be don't try and eat the elephant in one bite, you know, walk before you can run and crawl before you can walk. So if you're coming off a, you know, pen and paper based system or no system, then start small, you know, maybe just start with basic work orders and, and introduce new functionality over the t- over time. Take it easy. All right. Perfect. Now, what do you think makes the biggest difference in being successful with this switch? If you could pick one thing, what is it? Yeah. So me personally, I think it's choosing the right system. You know, don't get starstruck by all the bells and whistles. And I've seen it so many times. Wow, we can use it to do this. And now oh, it could be, you know, it could be used to do that. And now we can connect it to this and connect it to that. But all those features and functions, they just mean you need more people um, to manage the application. You need an army of people once the system goes live. And then you also have to train all these new people that come in and join the organization. You spend days and days of training new hires. So I would always recommend choosing a simple, intuitive, user-friendly CMMS application and don't get blown away uh, by those uh, bells and whistles. Yeah, I think that is great words of wisdom. You know, make sure you define what do you specifically need. I hear a lot of people ask for all these different EDIs that can connect to ERP, GIS, all these different systems, but they never actually use them. So let's pick what you actually really need and maybe some nice to haves that you can you know, in the future you can look to, but what do you actually need and focus on those first? Yeah, exactly. I've been talking a lot actually to a guy in the UK. His name is Chris and he's about 34 years of experience, CMMS experience, way more experience than I have. And he said, you know what, Jeff, he says, um, very few get off phase one, you know, of the implementation. 
they just get the system up and running for you know base as the basic functionality work orders pms and parts and that sort of stuff and and they're quite happy to stay there and the, the system works just fine for them so you know i i think a simple system will 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 do all that for you it will uh, you know you don't need all those bells and whistles in the most instances now what is the one action you want our listeners to take away from the conversation today regarding implementing a CMMS? So the one takeaway today is implementing a CMMS doesn't have to be complicated. It's not rocket science. You know, don't be scared of the process. If you keep it simple, keep your people involved in the process and help them understand the why, assign dedicated resources to the project, choose a simple and intuitive CMMS, have a implementation plan in place, everybody gets the right training, you'll be fine. All right. Excellent. Now, Jeff, I'm sure people are probably asking, where is this CMMS? Where can we find out more about you? Um, how to make this successful, all those different things. So where can people find out more about you, Zoidy, all those, all those great things? Yeah. So I've been absolutely swamped over the last number of months, you know, designing and building it, Zoidy. But now that it's live, I'm trying to be more active on LinkedIn and the other maintenance networks. So you can, you can find me on, on LinkedIn for sure. Um, the Zoidy website is live as well, zoidy.com. Um, I'd love your listeners to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll be uh, updating LinkedIn with all the Zoidy updates over the, the next coming months. And uh, I'll be focusing on creating more content and, and blogging and posting it to the Zoidy website. All right, excellent. Now, do you have any favorite resources you want to share with our listeners regarding CMMSs, implementation, the change piece of it all. What are your go-to resources? Yeah, so my, you know, I, I love following the, I, I call them the big guns on LinkedIn. You know, Terence O'Hanlon and Ramesh Gilati, and of course yourself, James. Your, your podcast is great, uh, but for me, um, you know, a big part of maintenance and reliability is leadership. So I read a lot of leadership books. I really like Simon Sinek's books, and I'd recommend them to everybody. Uh, there's three books, Start With Why, Leaders Eat Last, and The Infinite Game. So they're not really about CMMS, I suppose. They're more uh, leadership within, you know, uh, maintenance reliability. And, uh, and of course, my favorite resource right now is, is Zoidy.com, <laughs> our website. So, uh, yeah, there's a great five-minute demo video there for everybody to check out, right. see the new system. And I see they can access a free trial, too, if they want to look at it, explore it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. There's actually the, the free tour is, um, is there. There's some demo data. So you can go in and you can just look around and poke around. And uh, yeah, if somebody wants to try it, they're more than welcome to try it for, uh, I think it's 14 days free trial. Happy to check it out. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be helping them uh, get the most from the system as well. All right. Excellent. Well, I will make sure to put links to all those in the show notes, including some of your references for Simon Sinek. I got a couple of his books. They're great. Um, and we'll make sure to put reference or links to the website, LinkedIn, all those great things. So people can easily get in touch with you and find out more. Awesome. That's great, James. Thanks. All right. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for taking the time today to talk to us about implementing a CMMS, moving from paper to a CMMS system and talking to us about Zoidy as well. I appreciate it, James. Thank you very much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Iridicio. Be sure to check out iridicio.com for a free copy of their ebook, A Smarter Way of Preventative Maintenance. This ebook will allow you to review your current maintenance program and eliminate the non-value added work you're doing, which is most likely causing you more downtime than it is preventing. www.iridicio.com.